What is it? What is this wind taking you? I feel like uh, in the conservation realm, you know, I grew up in the zoos. I grew up in the pet stores. I grew up having, you know, turtles and tanks and snakes and, and drawers and lizards in my bathroom, you know. And uh, a couple of years ago, I started traveling and uh, I finally see these animals I've kept so close to my bedroom and in these, in these habitats, you know, and I finally see them in the wild. And I'm like, I don't want them anymore, mm. you know? And it's a weird thing because I've been so obsessed with these creatures from, again, seeing them in the zoo, seeing them on TV, seeing them in books, having certain pets as, you know, my personal favorite companions, you know, to spend my time with. And then I start traveling and I start seeing the reality of what a wild is, you know, of a bird really flying or a, a snake actually climbing a tree and basking or a lizard swimming in deep water versus a little tub you can get from Home Depot, you know. So it really just, uh, it started turning my soul upside down for, and I couldn't fight it. As much as I wanted to come home and love my animals, I wanted to, you know, take them and let them go in the wild where they belong. And uh, that's where I feel the conservation thing is bringing me, you know, as a man. Life is definitely simple. We make it complicated. So my goal in life right now is to make sure that I share my wisdom to the next generation. Today on Better Humans, Better Planet, we welcome my brother and friend, Mike Halston, known on social media as the Rio Tarzan. Mike is an animal lover who has made his life mission to change the world through animal-human connection. Known for his viral animal videos that have accumulated over millions of views and a social media following of over 7 million, Mike joined us today to tell us about his story from childhood and beyond. All right. Pray. I love it. Love it. Animal people, God people. Always praying. Always praying. Always praying. Talk a little bit about that. Everything that I've ever thought of, I prayed about it. I get confused all the time. I pray about it. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. I pray about it. Mm -hmm. I'm scared. I pray about it. Mm -hmm. I have a nightmare. I pray about it. Mm -hmm. You know, I want something. I pray about it. Mm -hmm. I need something. I pray about mm -hmm. it. I don't want something. I pray about it. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, prayer, I feel, is the, it's like emails. You can run an email to people, mm -hmm. but an email, get on your knees and pray. Send God an email and answer your prayers, you know, and um, animals. What does animals mean to you? Everything, everything. Animals are my soul, my life, my light. They are. Uh, I feel like, you know, everybody's born for a purpose. My purpose is to be born, serve animals. You know, they saved my life in a sense. And I feel like I dedicate and owe my life to them for the rest of my life. So you're going in the uh, conservationist type of thing? Yes. Or what's your... Um, Where's your where, where's your soul taking you? Because my soul took me to. I wanted to be a dog trainer, right? And then, and then I come to America, and then it took it took me to train people rehabilitate dogs. That's something that took me. You can't plan that. Yep. Right. So it takes like, you adrift. But, but one thing that I I can definitely uh, remember is how a feeling was taking me. It's like a wind. It was thinking, no, no, don't go to the dog training. That's that's what you heard, but that's not what you were meant. For, or that's not what God sent you here for. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So what is it? What is this wind taking you? I feel like uh, in the conservation realm, you know, I grew up in the zoos. I grew up in the pet stores. I grew up having, you know, turtles and tanks and snakes and, and drawers and lizards in my bathroom, you know. And uh, a couple of years ago, I started traveling 
And uh, I finally see these animals I've kept so close to my bedroom and in these, in these habitats, you know, and I finally see them in the wild. And I'm like, I don't want them anymore, you know? And it's a weird thing because I've been so obsessed with these creatures from, again, seeing them in the zoo, seeing them on TV, seeing them in books, having certain pets as, you know, my personal favorite companions, you know, to spend my time with. And then I start traveling and I start seeing the reality of what a wild is, you know, a, a bird really flying or a, a snake actually climbing a tree and basking or a lizard swimming in deep water versus a little tub you can get from Home Depot, you know. So it really just, uh, it started turning my soul upside down for, and I couldn't fight it. As much as I wanted to come home and love my animals, I wanted to, you know, take them and let them go in the wild where they belong. And uh, that's where I feel the conservation thing is bringing me, you know, as a man, you know, I was young, you know, in my twenties, you know, hanging out with animals and taking selfies with chimpanzees and seeing different things in the zoos. And they had a chimpanzee. Yeah, it's, it's good. yeah, they're, they're like humans, man. Yeah. Really smart, intelligent, very intimidating, but very interesting animals. You know, you feel, uh, a stronger, I felt a strong connection with apes than I have with any other animal besides a dog. And um, I love it because I can talk to them and they get it. It's like, yeah. hey, take my bracelet off. And he's like, takes the bracelet off. It's like, how's my, is my toenail hurts? He's like looking at the actual toenail. It's like, wow. It's like, turn the water off. Turn the water off. Hey, that candle is hot. <sighs> hot. <sighs> it's like, <clears throat> like, wow. It's so intelligent, you know. And uh, from an animal that never spoke English, to get it you know so you think if you would have spoke spanish he would get it too for sure for sure dogs see they, they sit bang out here they come you know of course a chimp can absolutely absolutely steve Irwin. Oh, man steve Irwin is uh australian guy. australian australian mastermind of the outback um first person i actually seen in graphs that wasn't i watched the old school tarzan movies the old school mowgli movies in black and white well my, my my great grandma actually and on different different cartoons and then i finally seen this guy you know wrangling crocodiles and catching snakes and educating about them and i just like it went from something that was fake i knew was not real to something like oh i can i can be like that i can do that i can educate like that i want to you know i want to do what he's doing you know and then constantly watching them and growing that bond just through the screen, the TV screen, you know, it's just a kid and having a hero. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just, and it was always focused on reptiles, you know, her, herpetology, reptiles and amphibians, you know, and I loved it. I loved every bit of it. When he passed, it just, it crushed me, you know. And not it, even from what everybody thought. So I'm so, so just freak accident, freaking nature, yeah. you know, I mean, I can't tell you how many humans have been on earth and maybe less than 10 people ever in human history have ever been killed by a stingray, you know, to think about, and for him to go out like that is, it's odd, man. I hang out with stingrays all the time. I see other people hang out with stingrays, you know, full wild ones, full barbs. It's a freak accident, man. You know, for a guy to hang out with the most deadly snakes on the planet that'll kill you in 30 minutes before the ambulance get there or crocodiles rip your arm off in a second or kill you and drown you. And he's around all these dangerous things, cassowaries, you know, and uh, he's just thriving and something. Cassowary. Yeah. You know, I can talk to you like this because, you know, I'm very comfortable with you so many years of talking. And uh, I felt like he was meant to go like that, though. You know, and, um, I don't know how nature works and 
universe works, if God works, they work in their own mysterious way, you know, and if he had so much attention on him, and so he had so much impact and so much influence, I feel God just took him away so it can birth a thousand more Steve Irwins, you know, male or female, people that can, that can that felt the pain when he left and they want to pick up that torch, including his kids, you know, yeah. including other zoos. Or, what do you think they're doing? I do think they're doing great, man. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, I, I, I can I can only imagine if he's, of course, he's looking down, you know, and seeing his son and his daughter carry the torch and still continue his zoo legacy. And, mm -hmm. you know, they, they talk like him. They walk like him. You know, they are, they're carrying the message. Not as wild as him. I don't think anybody would be as wild naturally, you know. You know, he had that in him. He's unique. You know, he was a, was a wild man. Mm -hmm. And um, it's really cool to see his kids pick up the legacy and keep that. I think he said they something. They have a zoo, right? Yeah, they, they still have the Australia Zoo. Uh, I think his mom and dad or something like that had the zoo before even he, he, even he had it, oh. you know. And then he turned to change the name. It was like, a, I forget the name, but yeah, it was like Camp something. I think probably Camp, one of his, I think that's one of his dogs. And then they changed it to Australia Zoo. And then mm. If you were the president of the world, what would you change right away? I would get an army for animals and nature. The same way how we protect our borders and we protect our natural resources for trades and goods and, you know, whatever the case may be from war. Why don't we have that same thing for animals and nature? You know, why don't we protect our oceans? And I know it sounds bad, but, you know, you, you got these gorillas and these chimps. Why don't you don't why, why you don't shoot first and ask questions later? Why let everything die? You know, why let these people destroy our oceans? You know, when we need to breathe through the coral reefs and why, you know, why do mass producing of endangered animals like skins and the fur trade? Why, you know, why can't we protect them? Like they, they need to be protected. You know, we, we protect Russia and we protect Ukraine and America. And it is a lot of money. And, you right? know, it takes billions of dollars we send to these people. And it's like, bro, we're scraping the earth to find pennies to protect rhinoceros and giraffes and certain species of sharks. And, you know, it's just pandas and everything's just wiping away before us. So if I was president of the world, I'd put an actual legitimate army out there to protect animals. I'm talking every zoo, every natural park, every private facility has to have some type of actual protection with a consequence because people are taking and raping our animals and our earth and they're getting a slap on the wrist compared to what someone selling you know a drug or killing a person or trafficking this trafficking that you know i think animals are top two or top three most trafficked thing on the planet you know with a couple billion dollars a year but these guys can make hundreds of thousands and get caught and do 10 months in prison and get out in six months with good behavior it's like that doesn't make sense you know they need to be handing down the same felonies and same 25 30 year sentences maybe they'll really drop you know maybe Poachers actually getting wiped out and the black market getting wiped out while they're bombing these different things. Go go actually go do something useful instead of you know, war and killing. Go save something that doesn't have a voice. You know, doesn't have a, a say so at the table. You can't say, hey, stop killing me. Hey, stop cutting my trees down. Hey, stop digging up all my soil to make rice and then going to the next patch and doing the same thing and doing the same thing until we got nothing left. When, when are we gonna stop? You know, when are we gonna wake up as a species? And, do you see an awakening of people? Like, I do. Like, like I have your, faith. Your generation. That's why, you know, the prayer comes in and talking to God because outside these gates of my little peaceful island in here, it's chaotic out there, you know. It's not little. And if, uh, if I look at it's all the... Beautiful, <laughs> it's a beautiful world, though. It's a beautiful yeah, world. It's amazing. And uh, the, the traveling and seeing the different people that don't have technology, that don't have, 
you know, all this extra stress that us Americans carry, you know, and all this extra worry, you know, it gives me hope that one day we will turn it around. You know, something's going to happen where everybody wakes up and says, you know what? This is where we, we draw the line. Everybody's going to put their foot down one day. I may sound like a crazy individual thinking that way, but I really have hope and I got faith that we will. Well, I'm part the of the lead. crazy army because, um, you know, uh, I'm putting it out there. You yeah, know, as the dog whisper was a, a very important show. Right. But but it makes it makes people believe that that person has like magic or is whatever, you know, and, and I say it, everybody can be a dog whisperer. Everybody, everybody. But one thing that we can do right now is to become a better human. Right. So that's why I said, well, we got to do something where where the focus is, is is making people become better human for the better planet. And you 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 are part of that army because you're already doing it and your way of uh the way you're thinking uh conservation is when i was your age i, I never thought about conservation as i didn't even know that thing existed mm -hmm. you know what i mean the only thing i saw was uh, a whole bunch of humans who were confused right and they were and, and you can see that confusion in dogs yeah right and then they start blaming things they love which is i love dogs but not this breed mm-hmm I love dogs, but I'm afraid of this breed. Mm -hmm. You know, and says, no, 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 love is just all of them. Universal. You know what I mean? And so for me, it became very clear that the, my mission in life was to, to uh, educate human about energy, about philosophy and actions, and they can practice that with a dog immediately, mm -hmm. right? And that will automatically make you a better human and your dog will become better. And that's what the TV show is called, Better Human, Better Dog. But the big mission is Better Human, Better Planet. And I'm really, um, inspired and motivated about bringing people uh, to the podcast or whatever I do so we can push that energy or that philosophy in that direction because it's true we have to we have to reconnect back to mother nature we have to do, we have to become more natural simple profound and um we have to regain trust, respect, love. You know, we have to honor, respect, be grateful, admire, and love nature. Like whatever we want, we have to do it first. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, otherwise, it's just one-sided, which we've been doing it all our lives. Mm -hmm. That's why we're here. You know, I always like to remind people we're the only species that follow unstable leaders. That's why I say, what would you do? What would you do if you're the president of the world? You know, a person with a good soul, a good instinct, good heart, and a, a mind to to do something good, that's exactly what they would they would do. Protection direction. That's what a good leader does, right? Before affection. Because mm -hmm. once you give direction protection, the animal is gonna feel safe, peace. Now he can enjoy love. You see what I mean? It is, it is that simple. So I want people to know that it is that simple. It's just a matter of a human wanted to live in the moment and say, I can't, I can't do this anymore right because if you're bleeding you want to stop it right away mm -hmm. so we've been bleeding for a long time we've been hurting the earth for a long time animals for a long blaming them for a long time sharks have the worst reputation mm -hmm. you know sharks like sharks that are not coming out of the water to hurt you mm -hmm. you went to where he lives you know what i mean that's just logic you're in his home yeah that's you just know? logic you know what i mean but but to blame mother nature and then to say that we love them it just doesn't make any sense yeah you know what I mean? It just doesn't make any sense. So it's very important for me that we unite, uh, you know, uh, uh, the animal people, the yes. God people, to to just bring back the simple 
natural, simple, profound. I call it that way. Natural, simple, profound knowledge to the world because the world is so focused in, in making money, fame, and power. You watch TikTok and you see Instagram. You're going to have a whole bunch of guys. It's entrepreneur. Uh, this is how, you know, uh, the, the 1%. Yep. You know what I mean? And since the, the, the young generation hears that and that's what they focus. Yep. Nothing wrong with money, fame, and power. Go for it. America is the right place, you know, if you live here. Um, but natural, simple, profound is happiness. And you're going you're gonna to want to go back at one point. So just start from now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Don't never let it go. Right? Because I, I, at one point, people say, ah, I'm God. Blah, 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 blah. And then you go to where, say, you think you were going to be successful, what you people call success. And then they end up feeling alone. And then they call God again. Listen, Cycle. right? It's just, listen, don't let it go. So when you go, you're good. Good. You're good. You know, the beginning, middle, end. Life, uh, birth, life, and death. Just learn to experience that. You know, so you stay connected, communication, relationship. And, and that what allows you to have the clear understanding. You will, you will see life beautiful, structured, clear. That's it. That's to mm. me a success. Yep. You know, because every single day, if you do that, and then if you do that around animals, they will experience that energy. And that's all they know. They just don't know that you, human, can do that. Mm -hmm. But once they know that you are very consistent with your repetitions, and then snakes, lizards, uh, would you allow me to, to, uh, to, to carry them, to touch for the first time in my life? Uh, the zebra, the camel, the, uh, the ostrich, we practice the same energy. Mm -hmm. It's universal. It's universal. And that's what I love about what you do, man. You just bring everything home. You know, everybody can relate to the cats and dogs. But when you started integrating the, the llamas and the ducks and the goats, and it's yeah. like, wow, the birds, it's like, that's it. Yeah. You know, that's the universal language you speaks, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And you just showed it out here. You know, I never I tell people all the time, like, I don't know this snake or I don't know this thing. I just met him today for the first time. He's hanging out. Yeah. You know, it shows you what they're thinking and what they're about. Yeah. And show it today. You hang out with the ostrich and the camels and the zebras and it's you've like you know them your whole life. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And it's true because your spirit, your instinct, and your heart were here before you. The only thing that's new is your name and this new body. Mm -hmm. But this uh ancient knowledge is already in you. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's, it's that's it. You don't have to invent this. You just have to connect. And com like you said, communicate with God yep. so you can have a relationship. Good, but you're born connected. You just have to stay in communication. Yep, stay connected. That's it. It's, it's not up to him. It's up to you. Mm -hmm. He's already giving you life. Mm -hmm. it's, your, it's, your, it's your return, right? It's a give and take. So it's the most beautiful relationship is, is when this happens. Yep. You know, that's when it happens. When when one is given, it just feels bad. I have a really bad relationship where I just give, 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 give. Yep. But never with animals. Ever, ever, ever. Just give I never all met day. a dishonest animal, like of integrity animal, like never. a loyalty animal. Never. And I said, well, the dog bit you. Yeah, the dog bit me because it was in the wrong household with the wrong family, doing the wrong actions. Mm -hmm. you know That's our I mean? fault. Yeah, and, and and when I say wrong family, it's not that they're bad. I'm just saying they have the wrong philosophy. Mm -hmm. You know what I wrong mean? Game plan, yeah, wrong game. Yeah, I see strategy. a lot of parents who raise humans. They love them, but they have the wrong philosophy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Those kids are doing fight flight avoidance. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, those parents love their kids, but they have the wrong philosophy. Yep. You see, it's the wrong energy, wrong philosophy, wrong actions. So you 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 like to call me sensei. Yes. Right? I appreciate that. 
And my kids call me a, a Jedi master. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole point of that is, is my goal is to share the knowledge that was given to me, right? Uh, so you can practice it right away. Just right away. It just, it's, you don't have to learn how to write or read and you don't have to know numbers to do what I do, to do what you do with animals. You don't have to be super smart. Mm -hmm. You just have to be a very honorable human, a respectful human, a gratitude human, a human that admires everything yep. and loves everything. That's all is required. That's it. Amen. Right? That's all is required. That's it. So better human, better planet is absolutely faster to achieve than money, fame, and power. Because you can do it right now. Right now. You know, and if you say, how? Well, do you have an animal? Uh, no. Okay, go get an animal. Don't don't adopt them. Don't purchase anything. Just be with them. And you'll see your trust, respect, love. You'll no. see it. That's it. That's it how it takes. You don't even have to own them. It's the magic. You just have to be around them. Mm -hmm. And then that will, that will make you want to be more and more around them. We were talking earlier. And you travel, you know. It's a, it's a blessing, you know, to be able to... Uh, explore the world not everybody gets to have that chance um and after 20 days you right and yeah the world amazing you get new things net language food music everything later you miss your your pack yeah right you miss the, every you, time you miss what you have created it that grounds you that connects you you know just keep it su super simple it's, it just brings you back home. Yeah, that's home. That's family. That's the land, the family, and that's what that's what life is all about. That love the the wind. This is a very typical wind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good. Now, <clears throat> bucket list. Which I I'm, I never been in Africa. Never. Wow. Galapagos. Never. Wow. Borneo. Never. Tell me a little bit about that. Perfect three. We'll start with, uh, we'll start with Borneo. Mm -hmm. You have to go. Uh, Dr. Gallicus, Barut, Barut Gallicus, she went to school with Jane Goodall and Diane Fossey. Uh, Diane Fossey did gorillas. Mm -hmm. no, Jane Goodall did chimpanzees. Um, chimpanzees and she did orangutans. She's All women? Been, yep. 50 years, 52 years in the field in Borneo. Non-stop. watching. Every day, watching, observing, rehab. From leeches to orangutans to, I think she has 200 orangutans in orphanage right now. And she releases them in the wild and she knows every single one by first name. She has books stacked to the ceiling on when they poop, when they eat, when they're born, how old the baby is, how old the dad is. The last time they've seen them, just constant updates every day on all of them. Beautiful. She wrote a book, I think it's called uh, Garden of Eden. It's born years of Garden Eden. That's how just lush and green it is. There's so much animals there. I, one of the few places I felt just I can I can stay here for forever. I didn't have that 20 day. Yeah, I stayed there actually 31 days, and uh, I went home and I'm like, man, I could live there. I very I, I really get that feeling. I got it in Africa. I got it in Galapagos. And it's funny you say them and in Amazon. I don't catch it in much places. You know, 25 places I've been. Galapagos. Now go to Galapagos. I think it's the number one successful conservation effort of all time. Oh, wow. So you get to see like, you know, Charles Darwin wrote his theory wow. on him yeah. traveling across the whole world to get to the spot that he, he read about where there were lands of giant tortoises the size of rocks, you know, or iguanas that look like 
the galaxy and the stars at night that live underwater that eat seaweed, you know, or blue-footed boobies, you know, or penguins. There's, you know, there's sea lions. There's all types of stuff over there, and they're not scared of humans. You see, you see, they come up to you. I, I saw a big Galapagos hawk just right where your phone's at, looking at me. He can fly anywhere he wants to go. Hey, how you doing? They're looking you up and down. You get close. You turn your back. Stays there 10, 15 minutes. The guy, I'm gonna leave. Flies off in distance. It's like, what is this place? Tortoises stop in traffic. I mean, you you drive around on this, uh, going up these volcanoes, and you ever see like the fake Dr. Seuss trees? Yeah, they look, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. Like, they go curly yeah, and yeah, fuzzy. Yeah. That's how it looks. Everything's moss no and way. fuzzy, and ah oh, man, like everything you touch is so soft. You know, the sand is just doesn't look like regular sand. So nobody touches it. Nothing. It's just pristine. The the biggest problem they have there is uh. Feral cats and feral dogs. Oh. That's it. That's what it. To them? They just eat the eggs of animals, oh. or you know, pigs tear up the the landscape and eat whatever animals are nesting. They dig the eggs up and eat them. You know, so it messes up that you know that. And bio. Who, put, put, who put in there? The settlers came. You know, many years ago, the locals keep their personal dogs outside, and then they get out and go breed with something else, or their cats run around. So it's just normal. No one's allowed. To, there's no cars there. There's only taxis. You can't drive. You can't smash the wildlife. You know, what about food? They can, they ride their bikes and they you know they taxi here, here and there, but it's a really really small community, you know, because you have Ecuador that's in South yeah. America, but Galapagos is a little island off of there, you know, so it's tiny, so many small tiny islands, even some islands they kicked off all locals and just animals, nobody there. We went to uh, uh, Española Island. Oh, man, you got to go. What about it? Oh, man, it's like this small can't. It's only one spot you can dock at. Everything else is inhabitable by boat all the way around. But you swim, we swim around the whole edge of the reef. We're seeing hammerhead sharks. We've seen hundreds of thousands of iguanas, sea turtles mating. There's seal pups swimming. And, oh, man, it's just. You scuba dive? Oh, yeah. Scuba dive, snorkel, free dive, everything. It's underwater. It's a whole other world. Skydive? Yeah. I have uh, 21 skydives. From Lake wow. Elsinore down the street. Yeah, right there. Yeah, nonstop, just two weeks straight. Going Scott Oh, you school. can do it by yourself? They have my license now. Get out of here. Yeah. Wow. I did it uh, pre-pandemic, 2019. What do you get out of it? It's another whole another adrenaline rush. Mm. It's like uh, catching a mean hot cobra that's 15 foot that can bite you any second. When you go up, you get so many emotions from skydiving and the night before you're like looking up skydiving fails and you're like oh my god this is gonna happen to me and a whole ride to the place you're like i don't want to do this this is terrible but you don't want to you don't want to chicken out you don't want to quit you finally get there you sign a waiver and they go with the stuff and palms are sweaty you got little cold flashes and, and then you get in that plane and they strap you to a, our instructor and you guys sit and you're going up and you're like oh my god this is actually happening you got the butterflies now and you're thinking you're gonna get the butterflies from when you jump out the plane, you know? So everything, your whole nervous system just, just dumping. You're just dumping adrenaline, you're dumping dopamine, you're dumping whatever, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, when that plane gets to a certain altitude and they, they cut the engine off and you just go afloat. We're just chilling up there. High, maybe a couple, I think it's uh, 12,000 well, feet. Well, if you jump out, you don't want the to, oh, so yeah. you just go buoyant, you oh, know? Wow. So when you jump, you just fall straight off versus the plane moving, you right. know? So uh, they open that door and you look down and you're like, oh my gosh. And you jump and you're waiting for that feeling, mm. but you're so high, your brain doesn't register how high you are because you can't see the ground. So then it doesn't hit that stomach butterfly. So now you're like, and you're confused now because for the last 24 hours, you're thinking about that full minute of that roller coaster gut feeling, but you don't have it. 
And once you, once you, and the faster you figure out, you're not going to have that feeling that you're looking for. You're like, oh my God, this is amazing. You feel like a bird. You feel like you're flying, sure. you know? And that's what the one thing I felt closest to being a bird after I did my strapped on jumps, I was jumping out with them holding me. Mm. So they would hold on to my shirt, mm. my parachute shirt. Mm. I had a whole suit on. Did you how to walk? And they teach me how to you know, walk and crawl. And like, you know, they let me go to like, turn around and move your hand. So like the slightest thing like this can turn you full 360. You know, if you uh, go like this or you, you spin around in a circle, you put your hands by your side, start flying like a bird like a jet it's so many cool things you know have you have you been able to ma master that part like i wouldn't say master it but um definitely feel after my like fifth jump i'm front flipping out of the plane oh, wow. i'm barrel rolling and pulling my own you're shoot. A gymnastic too you're like yeah gymnastics. And I, I like the adrenaline rush you know yeah me too makes you really tired um because it just <laughs> overstimulates yeah you, yeah you know what about africa Ooh, man the motherland First place uh, I went to across the pond. I went to South America, Central America first, Hawaii. And then um, I, when I went to Africa, I was so excited to go. Cause I've never been always watching Lion King and thinking about gorillas and, you know, the tribes and yeah. just, you know, being a black man in America, yeah. thinking about my heritage and my, you know, my ancestors. I'm like, man, I really get to go put my feet in the soil and really hear some drums and feel some drums. Mm, mm. Um, I've been back six times in most country I visited on any, any, any uh, continent, anywhere in the world. And um, uh, I, I remember working like six days straight before I got on the plane in, in New York and JFK. And uh, I, I fell asleep and I woke up in Johannesburg. I slept 14 hours straight, didn't move an, an inch, so beaten tired. But it's like I teleported over there. So mm -hmm. I landed in I landed in the motherland and we get in this car and we're driving to our hotel in Hemingways down in Kenya. And it was the first time in my life I've been to a place where I'm looking around and I felt like I was homesick. It's the weirdest feeling ever. Like I go to my hometown in New England and I can ride around my street like, oh, that's where I went to school at. Or, you know, that's where I used to play basketball. And I'm riding down these streets and it's like, it's almost like I've been here before, you know, but I've never been here. And I never got that feeling anywhere else ever in my life. And it was the weirdest thing because it was like, it's like I was having deja vu, but I wasn't, you know, and uh, to, wow. to to think of being in a place for the first time in my life where I'm not the minority, as you can mm -hmm. re relate. When you go to yeah. Mexico, you're like, ah, yeah, yeah, cabrones, yeah. you know, yeah. so it's like you know, hermanos. And when yeah. I go to Africa, it's like, wow, I call my brothers and sisters like, is these are, are these my cousins? Like, mm. you know, I don't I'm not saying I don't, I don't see white people, but it's like I don't right, see right. any white people, no Spanish people. No, it's just. Everybody's black everywhere. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, yeah, this yeah. is like a, a, a ongoing cookout, yeah, an yeah. ongoing family reunion, you know, and um, to go down the streets and get stuck in traffic out the airport. And, you know, I, I see everything. So I, I'm seeing monkeys, you know, for monkeys jump through the trees. And I'm like, like, this is where I'm supposed to be from. This is, this is home. Huh? And I'm driving more down the street and I see Cape Buffalo walking and then giraffes and off the highway. And I'm like, <laughs> like, that's just, it's like a squirrel, yeah. you know? It's like, wow, this is just real. You know, it's not Lion King. It's not, uh, and it's, you know, from a young black kid's perspective, I got a lot of family members that are real deep in my heritage, especially from my hometown. So just imagine years, 24 years, 25 years of just watching TV, hearing your, your people talk about the motherland, never visiting it, you know, not really knowing where you're from. So you're the first one? Yeah, first one ever in my lineage to go back. You know, we, we've been to Cape Verde, which is where we were last, originated from um which is like a small island off next to senegal uh it's like portuguese and black and yeah, yeah. still africa but when i went in I, uh, my first spot was with the maasai 
and nomads. And um, you got pictures with them? Yeah, pictures, video. I'll show you some later. Oh man, and they're naturalists, you know. So they're not, they're they're outside their whole life though, for thousands and thousands of years. They're just with the earth. They know every plant and every ant and every this and every that. It's like wow. What's their body? They're slim, but the first one I saw. Um, we went to the lodge, the first, like the touristic lodge before we went like actually to the hut. And the first one, I, the first guy I saw was six, eight. He shook my hand and I'm like, oh my God, this guy is massive. You know, Maasai had, he had the thin braids and the long and he had his, uh, his, his Maasai kilt on. He had a spear. He had his, uh, his sandals were made out of uh, tires. And uh, I never forget, he shook my hand and like, it was like his hand grabbed me, but it was like, he was shaking my hand, but his fingers were up here. And I was like, bro, that is up. That's him. <laughs> and I was like, what's going on? You know, it's like, this guy never touched a weight, never seen a protein shake, you know, <laughs> never just straight raw genetics, you know? And then you, uh, when we finally went to the tribes, Jeez. like where they actually lived out in like in the wild, like we're yeah. driving on dirt road for like two and a half hours. It's just bumps and bumps and you can't see nothing. And then we finally get to their village and you're like, oh my, like they literally live out here, outside for forever. They don't, they don't go inside. They don't have AC. They don't have electricity. They don't get, they don't have a cell phone. Mm. You know, it's like, they don't know, they don't even know what a TV is, you know? And it's like, wow. And they're, some of them are just ripped, jack, big buff dudes. And some of the women are short. Some of the women are, you can see that they got muscles. Some of the kids are holding other kids. You know, like I said, they were hurting you know 400 500 sheep and some cows it's like it's a whole another level of life you know that's natural simple and profound man oh man that's what i'm saying and you see and then and then they bring us to the elderly part and um it's like i think the oldest was 97 at the time and she's there you know making the her lady. beads yeah and she's like the matriarch of the whole tribe yeah. and she's like you know selling beads and the, the, the touristic stuff you know to help make a couple extra bucks but it's cool to see her daughter there and then her daughter's daughter there and then her aunt and then you just it goes all the way around the circle of elders you know and you go around and you shake everybody's hand oh, and you wow. give them love and you know you, you bow to them it's respect that's right you know and it's just like what is this place it's africa i'm living as you're speaking it man yeah. it's unlike anything i've ever experienced you know and then you leave you leave you leave uh you leave the maasai tribe and you go to a place like giraffe manor now They've been around for, I don't know, early 1900s, maybe late 1890 or something like that. And uh, they used to see these old school photos on their walls of, the, the, you know, the it, it was a white family that founded it first. But all the caretakers of all the animals are just local blacks, yeah. you know, local Africans. And you see them. They got photos of them riding hippos. They got a rhinoceros in the back of small pickup trucks transporting them into, into their different spots. And they got... 16 baby giraffes all on a bottle and it's like you're looking at these photos and like man what was life like back then you know where like i would just love to sit down yes. and talk yes, and ask yes. oh, man you know and then seeing what it is today where they have their you know the couple of houses and they charge x amount of bucks a night but it all goes back to giraffe conservation and you see the okay. rothschilds giraffes and all the other different types of reticulated giraffes and how healthy they are and how their breeding programs are. And it's just so cool, man, to see a conservation effort through tourism, you know, not mm. it's, they got Warhawk coming up, you know, first time seeing a Warhawk from Lion King, you know, Timon and Pumbaa, it's like, yeah. you know, seeing a whole family of meerkats run by and mongooses, you're like, 
wow, there's so much, everywhere you turn is so much life. You just, the air's fresh, you know? You go to Giraffe Manor, it's just beautiful. It looks like something like this, but it's just far, far out. And then you go up to Uganda. I went to Uganda to trek for gorillas. You know, I went there uh, 2000 and 2020 in December and uh, nobody during, during COVID. Um, I flew to Uganda, the most lush, I thought I died. I, I got, we walked to the jungle and it's green everywhere. I can't see anything, can't see the sky. It's just green, green everywhere. Little, uh, you know, I love plants. So it's like, there's all these kudzu plants that's covering the tree roots and then the branches come down and the branches have different leaves. And then there's trees growing on the tree at the top of the tree. And you're just like these thick vines. You see, we think we see vines from, growing on our house and stuff, but when you see vines that are like this thick, you're like, how old is that vine? How long has that vine been? When did this vine start? You know, and it's just, it goes for here to like that mountain. That's how, that's how long the vines are. It doesn't even seem real, you know? And it's like, what is this place? And then you keep walking and a gorilla pops out. And you're like, oh my God, there is a, a, a gorilla, a mountain gorilla, like six feet away. And the guy comes up and he pulls the, the leaves back and it's like three babies on his back. And it's like, you got this big adult male gorilla just sitting down, just pop his head, look at you and think, oh, whatever. And he's got babies hanging on him. You look over, there's a mom, you know, breastfeeding her little baby gorilla and he's beating his chest and learning how to eat, you know, a little, it's just insane to think about that these animals are just sitting right here on a mountain. And it's already in your head, uh, yeah. that picture. You know, oh, and man. I, 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 I've been there a, a million times in my head and I never expected it to be what it was in physical. I couldn't, I couldn't. No, I can't. You can think about I mean, it all I'm day. Trying. It's never, I'm trying. It's never what you can think of, man. And it blo I think that's one thing that keeps me attracted to traveling because I think I know what I'm going to get myself into when I get there. And I just have this slight, I'm just a slap in the face, <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's Where do you just, get the real, real Tarzan? How do you come up? It with was that? actually a nickname. Um, my, 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 my actual nickname was uh, just Mowgli Mike growing up. Okay. And when I was in high school, I had one. these uh, long dreadlocks. That was that animal. So it was like, you know, Mike, Mike who? Mowgli Mike, the guy with the animals. Right, you know, right, the Mowgli guy with the, you know, the crazy animal dude. So I was always a geek, a little fat kid eating pizza, fishing all day. I was not. You were chubby when yeah, you were Yeah. Oh yeah, bro. Oh. Way over the pop born and pee wee football limit of. <laughs> all that stuff you know i was always on a diet I'm right. oh i stayed in house and read books and watched you know tv all day with animals and well, that helps and, yeah i just went outside fishing and looked for worms and snakes and garter snakes and jesus saw blue jays for the first time and i'm outside looking for blue jays and cardinals and you know but um uh one day i was working at a pet store in petland in georgia and uh i had these dreadlocks i came back from college and uh, everybody gave out name tags and i was like oh they gave me Tarzan and they spelled it wrong. It was two N's, you know, but they also gave up my, my actual name tag, just said Michael. And everybody called me Tarzan. So I just kept it, you know, as my little name plate at my, at my job. So everybody that came up, they just asked for Tarzan. The black guy in the back, well, all the animals are dreadlocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dreadlocks like Tarzan. Go ask him questions about yeah. your guinea pig or your fish or your bird. Wow. You know, and uh, when I got on Instagram, my original Instagram name was Ink Me Up, like Tattoo Ink. And uh, I was like, I don't like that. And I just like changed it to the real Tarzan. And it just, I had that account when I had 300 followers, <laughs> you know, just never was intended to have, I didn't even post animal content. I posted my dog a couple times and like some personal pets and like family photos. And I didn't use the app for like three years. 
And then one day I was like, I, I got to get back on social media and be more social because, you know, I go, in my her I go in my turtle shell, my little hermit crab shell, take with the animals, I go fishing. My phone will break. I won't get a new phone for months. And everybody's like, are you alive? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I moved to Florida, you know, and then out of nowhere, just the real Tarzan stuck on Instagram and content rolled and rolled and rolled and then just it, it wildfired. And it went from 3,000 followers to 5 million followers in a year. In a year. In a year. In a year. I was growing 100,000 followers a day at some points, you know, just all organic. Will Smith reposts me. P. Yes, Diddy, that's just he's right. on Jimmy Kimmel, you know, it's, yes. uh, it's, it, it, it just spiraled out of control. That's how I met you through Will. Yeah, yeah. And then you went to see Puff. Yeah, right? next door. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we see the, the flamingos yeah, next door yeah. too, yeah. And yeah, man, it just, it just took off. And never in a million years would I, I, I would think I would be in this position on a social platform or, you know, being on TV, you know, or having enough money to feed my dog, you know, or feed multiple goats or have enough rats to feed my snake. Mm. It's just, I never thought in a million years I'd be able to provide that for myself, even though God, of course, blessed me with it, I prayed for it and asked for it. I never thought I'd actually have it, you know, and I worked towards it. Like you said earlier, you earned it. You know, I, I, I had a, I had a, a thing in my head of if I'm going to do something, I'm going to earn it. You know, and whatever job I had with animals, I earned it. I, I came in early. I stayed late. That glass was spotless. Every product in that row was in line. You know, every skew was matched up directly towards that. You know, every tank, every bowl, every poop, every corner. And I didn't cut a corner. You know, every rat got the same delication as a baby husky dog, you know, or or a black-headed kike, or a, 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 I, I raised the highest sense of macaws, one of my first birds I raised, you know, at the pet store, you know, roast-breasted cockatoos. I'm, I'm learning all these things, and it's just addicting. It's curiosity. It's, that's a good addiction. Better? Helps somebody. Yeah, and uh, it gave me so much joy still to this day, like I said. I, yeah. One day I don't know if I'm ever going to wake up, and it doesn't gave me all that stimulation but ever since i can't even remember it never went away right you know i don't see it going away i'm learning camels i'm learning zebras i've seen them in the wild seen them at other zoos but now these are my babies yep. you know so it's my duty to make sure they live their full lifespan how old is your oldest dog how old my oldest dog right now 10 10 yeah what's the oldest dog you ever had uh, uh, Coco, Coco, 22. 22 years. That is, that'd be close to a record, you know? Yes. That's what I, that's what it was I was a chihuahua. That's what I want to provide for all species. Right. You know? I the long it. living, what do you call it? Longevity. Longevity, yeah. What's the um, worst uh, time for you on 30 years that, that you have gone through something really bad? With animals or just in life? Just in life, life. Losing my father, for sure. Uh, I was 14, me and my dad are really close. Uh, close to my family. He's the glue of my family, the head honcho, boss, you know? Also the lover of all of Thank them. Thank you for saying that. Jealous, you know? We don't get the credit enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, boss. I'm all, yeah, I'm pushing the, uh, like, yeah. dad, we rule too. Superhero, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, there's nothing like my dad, man. Yeah, my dad was you. actually Tarzan. Uh, we watched Animal Planet. He's actually a basketball player. He's big, 6'4", jacked black dude, pictures, yeah. you know, uh, living in his neighborhood, you know, popping wheelies in poverty, you know, there's gangs and drugs in the streets, but a real family man, you know, 
And uh, when him and my mom had me 16 and 17, I grew up with them, you know? So uh, from, you know, I lost my, my dad died and he was 32. So three years away, two years away from what I'll be is like, imagine me being dead in two years. And nuts to think about it as yeah. a kid, you know? But imagine me having a 12 year old son right now. That's what I was yeah. to him, you know? Yeah. So we spent so much time together. We talked Thanks. every day. Even when I moved, he come visit me all the time. Never missed graduation. Never missed a birthday, you know I mean? Good you man. Get, you don't get dads like that these days no. where they, they go to your school and say, how is my son doing? How's his grades? And you know, and talk to their teacher afterwards and they bring me home and say, hey, teacher said you're shy with reading. So now you're gonna get this book and you're gonna read in front of me, stand up and read because now you're nervous to read in class, you know, but he's, he, he coached me and teach me. He's like, I, he's got, got good money growing up. And he's like, you know, I'm not going to give you shit. You're going to go out there and cut that grass and you're going to go help your uncle with this or go do that or help your grandma wash this. And I, and I pay you for working, but no one's going to give you anything. You know, go. You want a dog? Clean, clean the poop, you know, go walk him, wash your dog, you know. So taught me a lot of responsibility, a lot of things, you know. And uh, he, he got shot because he was living, in, you know, in a, in a, in a situation uh, of an environment he couldn't get out of. It's just like the hood mentality, you know, even though he's very sharp and smart. Yeah. Had so many businesses. It's Good just, heart too. Yeah, you know, had a bunch of kids and that first person I've seen in a long time keep the, the, the whole, you know, all the baby mamas together with all the kids, you know? So me and my brothers, like, and my sisters, they keep me going, man, you know? If, if the worst thing happened to me was losing my dad, the best thing happened to me was having siblings. You know, that's one thing I love more than animals is being a brother, you know? Yeah, yeah. It just gives me- uh, Family. Family. It gives me a sense of purpose. Yeah. It gives me a sense of doing the right thing. Yeah. It doesn't make me selfish. You know, even though at times as a man, I'm, my ego gets the best of me and I want to be selfish. I want to do what makes Mike happy. You know, I want to go with my flesh, but my spirit is with my, it's with my family, it's with my so, pack. Men of know? honor, baby, yeah. men of honor. And all the things he taught me, you know, I want to teach them. Uh, and but I want to teach him the way he taught me or better, That's right. you know, and or maintain or make it better. Yeah. So I tell my boys, yep. your mind is for two things to create or destroy. I, I've done it really well. And your job is to maintain what I created or to make it better. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all we want. Yeah, you see, we want to give you a better life. No doubt about it. We have our our mistakes. But one thing we know for sure is is we want you to maintain what we are given and make it better. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's pretty much. And then pay it forward. Yeah. You know what I mean, share it, give it to somebody else. That's a way to be a conservationist to to the energy and the philosophy and you know to the family. Yeah. Exactly. Don't, don't forget it's just not just the animals, also the family, the neighborhood. You know where you where where where. Uh, where you're living, America has done extremely well for me. So, in return, I'm doing this for America. You know, connecting the people in America, and of course, America is a platform, so it gives you the whole entire world. Mm -hmm. So we have a big responsibility. What what's um, biggest success? Biggest success that you call it success. Being here is a success. But traveling, I feel like um, being able to be uh, put in a different part of the earth it gives me a different perspective of humanity it gives me a different appreciation of home mm. of people of interactions you know because out there it's not the same as here mm -hmm. you know um our homeless people live like kings compared to the average person outside of this country exactly you know? 
And uh, it's hard for people to understand that they've only been here. You yes. know, once you go out there and see what life's really like, you know, I, I feel like my biggest thing ever was traveling. Wow. I, feel, I feel real proud of myself instead of buying uh, this or buying that. It's like I bought a plane ticket, you know, and I went out to go explore. You know, I, went, I was scared to leave for a week. I go for six days and five days and seven days and then I went to 10 days and now I'm at 20, 20 and 30 days leaving and uh, to really sit in another territory for 30 days and have no cell phone ringing mm. and no whatever you're used to here. What about food? What do you eat over there? Everything. Whatever they have. Oh man, you know, besides dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've tried just about everything I've been offered um, uh, from worms to grubs to someone fed me giraffe meat before you know i'm, I'm here to learn mm. teach me what is why mm. you know oh it's roadkill okay i understand you know blah, blah 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 different beef duck duck eggs you know seaweed um i hung out in fiji and ate raw fish i never eat sushi i don't like sushi in america but i went to fiji with my with my best friend and we hung out with these fijians the tuvaluan people and all they did was fish. They went out and mm. took us at night and we caught our own fish. They, they mm. cut it up and said, eat it. Mm. It's all you're going to eat. We don't have a grocery store. Mm. You know, we don't have ice. <laughs> we don't have a refrigerator. They put a little lemon on it. Mm -hmm. They put like lemon. Yeah, we, ceviche, we, we drink baby. We at night. Oh. oh, it was a great time, man. I spent us uh, eight days there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. I have a question for you too. Okay. After your well, last question. No, go for it. Looking at me, you know me. I've talked to you for some years now. Yeah. You're my sensei. What advice could you give me as a young man growing up in this world? That's exactly the same question I wanted for us, for both of us to share. Uh, um, we're in the same path, right? Obviously, time does bring wisdom, right? But you're in the same path. You're going to be in the same place I am. That's exactly what I wanted to ask. What 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 can this new generation uh, focus on? Because that's they're they're gotta focus on something, right? So from your perspective, since you know uh, this young generation more, like Instagram generation, the TikTok generation, you know the uh, YouTube generation. This I'm new to it. I'm a radio guy. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to have a radio show when yeah. I when I told Jada. I wanted to have a TV show, not because I wanted to be famous. I just wanted, to, I just wanted help. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you know, you know what you what you have learned can help people. What 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 can new generation uh, focus as well? Discipline. Okay. Um, I feel a lot of people in my generation don't understand the difference between motivation and discipline. Some people may be motivated to do a few things here and there. But if you apply discipline in your life to become a better person, mm -hmm. a better person in whatever work field you're, if you're an artist or a musician mm -hmm. or you're a dog trainer or you're, mm -hmm. you know, a chiropractor, car wash, you yeah. know, car wash, restaurant, yeah. cook, chef, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. If you really apply discipline every day and try to be a better person every day, the world actually might change and become a better place. Yeah. You know, and uh, we can spread that message through this time of social media, this mm -hmm. time of youth, you know, mean you can connect and connect mm -hmm. with a 80 year old woman in Indonesia or, mm -hmm. you know, 12 year old kid in, mm -hmm. in LA, you know, mm -hmm. we all have that connection now, but that's the advantage now is learning the discipline to become an actual better person. I'm just going to be 30 and I'm just not figuring out 
that I don't know anything. You know, I'm just now learning all my dumb mistakes weren't mistakes. They were just me trying to learn. That's right. You know, and uh, yeah, it's just it's a good thing to to know that there's so much more to go. Mm-hmm. It keeps me going. Yeah. What can you pass down to us? Can you tell us? Well, I would love for us parents, you know, to, from the beginning, because I believe that from birth to 10 years, that's when you build the human. Right. And so if we just learn, because uh, uh, my, my, my uh, grand, not my grandson, my, my nephew, Ponchin, he's about to be three and he knows how to flip the phone. Mm. Right. I, I told my sister, listen, if my nephew knows more about phones than animals, I'm going to go after you. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and so for me, is is for us uh, when we're a kid to retain what we already have. We don't have to go buy it somewhere. It's already here. Mm-hmm. You see it? Your spirituality is already here. And what's the spirituality? Honor, respect, uh, honesty, integrity, loyalty, happiness, live in the moment. That's our spirituality. And then instincts. Stay away from fight, flight, avoidance unless you need it. You know, master, calm, surrender, happy, go lucky, calm, confident, work, work for food and water, responsibility, food, water, help the family. And eventually, you know, uh, uh, you mate, right? And then love is for two things. You love something conditional or unconditional, right? And mine is to create or destroy. Once you know that you are four worlds, please master them before you focus on money, fame, and powers of video games or anything else, anything else then you're going to feel successful at an early age, you know? So when you're 30 and then you realize that simplicity, when I'm 53, then I realize that's, that's we're not gonna go through it because we're gonna live in a preventative state versus intervention state. Of course, people like you and I, we're going to see it as uh, that's what I need to do to learn. Yeah, we have to surrender. Uh, that's the, the best thing to do is to come surrender. That's it. Don't don't get into a victimism because then you're gonna go into a flight flight avoidance inside of you, mm-hmm. and that's the worst. Because now you're gonna use your mind to destroy. You see, so master something that's already there, mm. and the wow. parents have to nature nurture that, and the female and the male energy they have to learn to work together. The masculine, let them be a masculine, right? The feminine, let them be the feminine, right? And then let the kids grow up in that in beauty. Uh, and and when, before we finish. What I have learned, which I didn't used to call it that way, is that all humans have two energies, masculine and feminine, right? So uh, we, we just have to make sure that we males uh, teach other males what a masculine energy look like, right? And females have to learn to do that. And of course, we males have to learn to tap into our feminine side, which is love joy. There's nothing feminine about it. It's just an energy called, fe- it's, an, it's, it's two energies called feminine energy. Mm. You see what I'm saying? It's attached. Love, joy is attached to feminine energy. Calm, confidence attached to masculine energy. That's why when you see a woman that is in the masculine, it looks calm, confident. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So it's already there. So every, the happiness is already there. Uh, life is a matter of health. So if you ha- if you're healthy, and then be grateful about it, right? And then just learn to love things, your home, your your what you do for a living, who you are, and who you live with. Those are perfect four things that you know that you're practicing love. That's it. Your home should feel beautiful, structure clean, even if you're poor. Poverty, uh, beautiful, structure clean doesn't mean you're rich. Beautiful, structure clean doesn't mean you're disciplined. Wow. 
that's it. That's it. Boom. Right. Boom. Boom. <laughs> wow, man. All right. That's that it. Great. What a that's a bucket list. Yes. I've been wanting we've been trying to get together for a long oh, time. Man. Have but the God right knows time when. Now. God knows when, yeah. Right time, man. Yeah.